become a nightmare Signs of the time are on cardboard on corners in town Like a cancer that's silently spreading There's an unspoken fear We're on our way down We must eat America back Main Street to Wall Street Cities and states Washington, D.C. Before it's too late, there's not long We need leaders who lead us Not stick us and bleed us Then ransom our future and our children's That's wrong Good evening and welcome to the National Intel Report. I'm your host, Steve Elkins, and today's date is October 9th, 2023. Join me today, my good friend and host on this network, Mr. Steve Stars of Lightspeed. He's going to be joining me today. A little bit different uh, plan of uh, action today. I had a little mishap today. Here I thought I was over the hump and I was on my way to uh, security as far as uh, my health-wise. And uh, doing some yard work today, I got stung by a red wasp. Now, if you've never been stung by a red wasp, it is probably the, one of the most potent venomous red wasps down here, and my hand completely swelled up. I started to have a little bit of respiratory issues. I quickly got on the ice, submerged the hand in water, cold water, and started taking Benadryl. Started off with 25, quickly went to 50 milligrams, and then I got to 75 milligrams. Then everything started to back off a little bit. I started feeling a little bit better. But uh, clearly, if I'd been stung by more than one, I probably would have been hospitalized. Uh, this is a very venomous wasp. And uh, I was picking up leaves, evidently a small one wasp behind the leaf or a, a nest itself. And I had, did not have gloves on, and I got stung good. And my hand is completely swollen. I am unable to use a computer. So my right-hand man, Mr. Steve Stars, is going to be with us tonight doing some of the communication work telling us what's coming in from the board and uh, our calls coming in from all the countries. So I do want to start the show off today with a dedication to a good friend that passed away a year ago today, LaVon Falk, one year ago today at the age of 63, from a COVID shot related, along with some of his comorbidities. Um, I wish he had listened to me, but uh, he did not. He had some other people whispering in his ear saying, no, you need to do this and this, and uh, it's too late. So he's passed away. Age 63 years old, that was about a year ago, a year ago today. And I want to dedicate tonight's show to Lumbaugh and Falk. Also, uh, I want to also make a note of um, this weekend's a big weekend across the country and worldwide, evidently. Evidently, the impact of uh, the movie Sound of Freedom has really, really opened up a lot of people's eyes to activate to do something. As uh, Sound of Freedom has made $395 million worldwide for a, a budget of only $14.5 million. So congratulations to uh, that movie. That was an awesome movie, and it should be released sometime in November, I understand. But this Saturday, October 14th, around the country, around the world, there is a walk for freedom to stop child trafficking. I will be part of that this weekend in my local area. If you want to find out more in your area, please do. 
Uh, it's called A21 Freedom Walk, and it's not Agenda 21. It's Action 21, but A21. And you can find out about this walk that's going to be taking place all over the country. And uh, I hope you will join me on this walk. It's, it's definitely worthwhile to do so. Well, let's uh, let's get to the news. I didn't really touch much on it yesterday. I watched the news today, and unfortunately, Steve, if you watched the news a little bit this morning before you did your show, you saw the news was saturated. Saturated. Saturated with what? Israel was attacked by Hamas from Gaza. 3,000-plus missiles going over into uh, Israel. And so we're going to talk about that tonight a little bit. I've got a lot of questions. And right off the bat... First thing comes to mind is false flag. False flag. Steve Stars, are you there? Yes, I am. And we we did discuss that a little bit uh, earlier. The uh, the ingredients of this affair are suspicious. Is what we're looking at right now. And of course, the the tension's been building. You know, I mean, you can say. Uh, was a Pearl Harbor a false flag? Well, I mean, we knew it was coming. We knew something like right. it was coming. Uh, the question is, how did it get to this point, and what what prevented it from being prevented? What, is, what do you think of that? Right. Something along those lines. Well, you know, I, I look at it the same way, and it's, it's a good way to point back to what we experienced with 9-11. You know, it, it's amazing that we have all these fail-safes, these protocols put in place, Steve, and uh, for some reason, when we rely on them, we're supposed to activate those protocols. Somehow, some way, they were never activated, which is very, very suspicious, because that's exactly what you what you train for, what you plan for, the emergency methods to be used in place uh, when you need them. And so the same thing, looking at this Israeli attack here from from uh, Gaza, from Hamas, um, you know, five, was it six hours, seven hours, I believe they were, they were um, pretty much delayed, did nothing did not uh, respond militarily whatsoever for six to seven hours. Well, that's kind of like what we had here. You know, Dick Cheney could have taken the jets out uh, uh, that were going to hit the buildings, and, and he could have done a lot of things, and he, he did a call-down, basically, stand-down stand, stand down orders that, no, don't don't intercept, don't stop, allow it to happen. I, I'm thinking this is the same thing that happened here today. Israel knows everything. My God, their, their military budget... It's not as big as ours, but they have the technology. They have the satellites. They're watching everything. They're watching their borders, believe it or not. And uh, they're very attentive to their security needs. And to say, well, for five or six hours or seven hours, we uh, we had a, a failure in our uh, surveillance state here. And uh, these these guys uh, just came in and basically stormed in and shot rockets off, 3,000-plus rockets or more. And, uh, again, tying in also, right off the bat, I knew this where this was going. I saw right away they went from Hamas to Hezbollah in Iran, and the weaponry that Iran has came from, uh, came from Russia. But uh, these missiles that Hamas got their hands on, it, it, they were trying to do the tie-in. And I started to think about the big picture here, because the pieces of the puzzle kind of came together for me today. We're talking about a missile strike on Israel the day after Yom Kippur, which uh, happened about 53, 50 years ago, actually, 1973, 50 years ago. So uh, what, what's what's going on here? What's happening here? A six- or seven-hour delay to respond. Now, Gaza is getting hammered. It reminds me back in the first Gulf War of how the missile strikes in the media was was joyful and gleeful, watching the, the bombs blow up in the light lights of the, of the night sky. Um, we're seeing this again here, which... 
They're talking, I mean, I even heard today Ted Cruz, and I, I'm, I'm really irritated with Ted Cruz right now, of trying to tie in Iran to this. No proof whatsoever. Iran pushes, Hezbollah pushes Hamas into doing this. And why? Well, they want to uh, wipe Israel off the map. I remember hearing this that phrase years and years ago, which was never actually spoken by the president of Iran, but again, they ran with it and uh, twisted the words to make it seem like, well, now look, there's the threat. Iran wants to wipe Israel off the map. But, uh, you know, quickly tying in uh, Iran with this, this attack here with no proof whatsoever that they're in conjunction and working with Hezbollah. But uh, the tie-in also with the money that was just re-released to um, Iran, $6 billion, it was not given to Iran, it's actually their money, that was frozen and later on released to them. So now they're just trying to tie this all together, is that the money came through, the weaponry came through, and the people were paid to carry out the attacks. We're, we're in a bad situation here, Steve, because, you know, this government, and politicians, pretty much 99%, well, maybe the five, I always see in the five, uh, are against, um, you know, basically saying Israel and our apartheid state. So, you know, they're not all on board with giving the aid to Israel, but most of them are. So now we're caught in this, uh, this debt bubble. This debt bubble now with providing Ukraine money for, for fighting Russia. And now I can guarantee you, Israel's going to say we need more, uh, we need more funding also to, to fight off these attacks that are coming. I just see us going down the drain financially and, of course, being uh, very uh, vulnerable to us. Uh, our safety needs to be, our concerns being uh, basically put off because we're going to be taking care of somebody else's needs. This whole thing of uh, where, you know, Israel is our ally and we must take care of Israel. And if they take care of Israel and they not they get rid of Israel, then they're coming for the United States. I mean, come on. What a ludicrous statement to make that if, if Iran takes out Israel, it's going to come after the United States. Uh, it's it's just simply using fear to uh, to generate more, uh, basically make it more lucrative for, for Israel. I can see that happening now. So your, your thoughts on that? Well, it's almost the same scenario with Ukraine. You know, if uh, the Russians uh, aren't uh, beaten down by the Ukrainians, they'll come after the rest of the world and us and everything like that. You know, my question, of course, is that those... 3,000 missiles coming out of yeah. um, Gaza. You know, they've had missile attacks before. They've had, you know, there have been some uh, radical attacks here and there. I mean, it's nothing new. But uh, where did they get 3,000 missiles in the first place yeah. would be my question. You know, I can see 3,000 pop bottle rockets. You know what I mean? That's what I've seen, bottle rockets, yeah. There you go. Yeah. I mean, they, they have been firing rockets to some extent for a long time out of Gaza. Yeah. That have just sure. been somewhat of annoyance and more like a, a, a well, they're not. I hate to call it a prank, but the people right. there have been pinned in for so long in a bad situation. Uh, we've talked about it before, Steve. It's like an open air concentration camp, right. and uh, they don't know where they're going to go. They're trying to make a living and survive in what used to be a sleepy little fishing town, you know, with now three million people in it. Right. And it's been, uh, I mean, that's hard enough for people to get along in for a long period of time without any hope. Uh, so there have been troubles there. We should expect that. 
But, um, you know, when Israel says that, I mean, see, these reports, friends, you've got to be very careful. we got to, I mean, the fatalities, the hostages, the deaths, the missiles, the attacks. I mean, everything coming in right now is, I don't know how much of it is actually real and certifiable. Even could be bigger than what we hear or smaller. We don't know. Yeah. But I have questions about what's happening right now with uh, the the whole uh, Hamas attack. Now, of course, I've said before, too, Steve, I've never been a real big fan of Abbas, uh, the leader of the Palestinian Liberation Organization or the Palestinian Front there, who is kind of, uh, well, he's better than Arafat, you know, who I didn't like, who was actually never from Israel. He was from Egypt. But uh, Abbas is... Uh, I guess he was associated with with the Muslim Brotherhood, which is another kind of a Western organization, really. I think he was placed in this position, and he was talking a lot of uh, real. I mean, he was talking a lot of SHI a little while ago, and I thought this is really not a bad time to be talking that way. He really needs to get in and start working with his people to see if he can get him out of this bad condition. And I was questioning that, and I thought uh-huh. that doesn't sound like a good leader. Now I'm not gonna, uh, I'm not trying to put blame on everything. I'm just trying to say assessing how we got to this point. If Israel says that they can track all these weapons and they have to a large extent, I think there's there's quite a few up north. That's a different issue. We'll get into that. Uh, Hezbollah is a totally different situation. In this case, you have a military uh, attack or army front that is dug in with that is very heavily well armed. Uh, Gaza isn't like that. That's the difference here. Gaza is a group of people who are in a very difficult situation. Hezbollah right. is an attack force, and we'll get talk to, about the difference. But the point right. I was so I was going to get into is that if you know if Israeli intelligence is so good and it has been, I wouldn't think right. a bumblebee or a red wasp, Steve, could come yep. over that border <laughs> without somebody being able to track it. And all the stories yeah. about where these weapons are coming from would be very difficult to verify how they got into that location in the first place. Yeah. I could see even ten or a hundred, but three thousand. Come on, you yeah. know that's. A, go ahead though. Well, that was kind that's of exactly what I thought. The first thing, the first thing I thought also, Steve, the, the exact great point to make is first of all the housing of 3,000 missiles. You'd have to have a a good-sized facility to house that. And, of course, Israeli surveillance would have picked that up right away. The movement, something's being built here, a facility to house what? Probably weaponry. I mean, none of this makes sense. Again, we're going back to, like, our 9-11 of of things that uh, shouldn't happen and we should have caught, that we didn't caught. We looked the other way, and and our protocols and our, our safety protocols were not utilized. Uh, it's exactly the same thing. The only thing difference is that in 9-11, we had a PNAC document, which kind of spelled out the blueprint of what the United States wanted to do, go into the Middle East and the oil and everything else. Uh, we have no such document for this attack, but the actual fail, you know, the things that put in place, the protocols put in place by Israel, and the huge, huge surveillance lapse allowing this to happen, is not something we would expect to believe it's not believable that Israel would drop the ball on this one here, unless it was allowed to happen in order to carry out the big plan. Which also then brings me to, remember, uh, they were showing those fake executions. We call it the fake executions. They're talking about now executing uh, for every missile strike into Gaza now by Israel. They're going to start executing uh, prisoners they have, hostages. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, evidently, I understand we lost nine U.S. personnel, maybe 900 or so Israelis have, have died in this uh, attack. 
But uh, I remember the those fake videos on TV of decapitating somebody. Um, and we found out later on it was all a lie. It was all staged in a in a little uh, low-budget place to, to film it and uh, make it look very realistic. And we saw, we pointed out the flaws in this execution. We pointed out the flaws. Um, this is uh, the TV executions. This is, uh, I think we're going down the same pathway here. And I just want people to understand to look, look for what you should see. And if you don't see it, well, guess what? It's probably something that's been fabricated or it's complete theater. Now, the more horrific they can scare people, the more that this agenda is going to be lucrative and uh, in their financial best interest. Israel's going to love that because look at this. My gosh, look at this. They're killing our citizens. They're decapitating. It's on TV. They're going to try everything they can to get as much money as they can. But, Steve, let me ask you this. When we were talking a while back, when uh, Benjamin Netanyahu was running for office, of course, he was riddled with scandal, all kinds of corruption. He was going to be prosecuted. And for some reason, it all went away. And I started thinking about today that when you want somebody to carry out an agenda, and I'm going to say that the agenda is is always monetarily, or in this case, is going to be land. If you wanted somebody to be the aggressor, the person that's going to accomplish the agenda to take more land, who would that person be? Well, it probably would have to be Benjamin Netanyahu. So I think they waived all the criminal corruption against him, waived it, and brought him in. Now, whether they have a deep state or just a bunch of hardliners there in Israel, I do believe they may have a deep state like we do, put him in office for, for a mission because they knew he was the man to actually carry out this this false flag event. And we know that uh, it's impossible to steal land, take land during peaceful times, so you must have an altercation, an incident must happen. So I'm thinking that Netanyahu was picked for this mission to be the guy to go into bulldoze into Gaza and push further in and start taking more land for Israel. Your comment. For, for the third time, yes, uh, he has been in. Uh, let's get back to the story of BB. You know, um, right. he uh, was roommate with Mitt Romney, a furniture salesman. His family was out here. Actually, uh, in my neck of the woods, his father was studying uh, theology at uh, the Olive School of Theology in Denver here for a while. So they actually lived out here in Colorado for a bit. And, of course, you know about his brother who was killed in Entebbe and a few other things. But he had gone back. Uh, he was going to study architecture. He, he got through his schooling very quickly. And it appeared as though he was evidently going to go into politics. And he was running against the uh, Labor Party at that time. And, of course, in the show earlier we today, we talked about the Sabbatean Frankist Labor Party in particular, these are some of the, the worst of the Jews who are actually, uh, if you even want to call them Jews, uh, the Sabbateans are a group of people who have been working throughout the system for a long period of time. This, these are most of the people who comprise the uh, international banking cartel. That's a, something I've been talking about a long time, uh, for a long time here on RBN. And, and, you know, David Icke, I played a clip by him today, actually telling people what I've been saying for so long. But getting back to Benjamin Netanyahu for a moment. Okay, uh, in the uh, 1995 election, uh, Netanyahu, being a coup conservative, was running against the. Well, I hear our music coming up. I think I better, yeah, you better wait. Just, just hold that thought there, Steve. We'll come back to it. This is going to be a good story. Yeah, you want to come back to this blackmail? We definitely do. Got it. Be right back.
Hello, hello, hello from beautiful Colorado. My name is Samuel Jung Kay, and I am currently the lead Shilajee hunter and master herbalist for Colorado Shilajee Company. In this video series, I will be discussing what we believe is the greatest of all adaptogenic superfoods and the single greatest natural healing remedy gifted to us by Mother Earth. I think you too will become as excited by this incredible substance called Shilajee as we were and are after our discovery of this amazing gift right here in beautiful, colorful Colorado. You may already know Shilajit by other names. Shilajit, Momio, Momi, Mami, Mineral Pitch, Asphaltum, and others. Shiloji literally translates to destroyer of weakness and conqueror of mountains. Shiloji has been in use for thousands of years and is considered as the highest valued cure-all of any earthly substance. Look for the gold mountain and medical symbol logo in banners on republicbroadcasting.org to watch the full video and see more information. Use code GORBN when ordering. That's G-O-R-B-N. Consider this. Dead people see only what they want to see. And frankly, most of us are still dead. Let me give you the lessons of gold and five easy lessons. Number one, don't buy it because you need to make money. You buy gold because you need to protect the money you already have. Don't ever look at the price as a barrier. Look at it as an incentive. Number three, don't buy its paper pretenders. We talked about that a lot. Buy gold. Buy the real thing in the form of coins and bullion. Fourth, don't fall prey to glitzy television or Facebook ads. Do your due diligence instead. And that's what I try to provide you with and have for 26 and a half years on the air and 30 years in this profession. Fifth, don't allow naysayers to divert your interest. Allow yourself the right to protect your interests as you see fit. Jeff Bennett here. One of the ways you can do that is to contact Kettle Moraine Limited. Contact me by calling or texting me at 602-799-8214. 602-799-8214. You can also email me at kettlemoraineltd at cox.net. Let me help you protect your wealth and your family today. Once again, call or text us at 602-799-8214 or visit our website, sierramadrepreciousmetals.com. Be glad to help you out. Be glad to answer your questions. That's what we're here for. No pressure. Just good, hard, common sense. The decision then becomes up to you. Steve Charles on the other end here. Steve Elkins here on a Monday night. And uh, uh, 
Go ahead and let you finish up here. I got a bunch of questions that I'm throwing at you, Steve, when you finish up with uh, what okay. you were talking about. So go ahead and finish up there and let's yeah. get some questions. The open lines, by the way, 512 248 8252. Go ahead and finish up that thought. Yeah, I'll kind of finish up this up as quick as I, I possibly can. Uh, Netanyahu, you know, was uh, he was running for Likud as a conservative. And, and at that time, the Labor Party, I call them the Sabbatean Labor Party, because most of them were uh, tied in very heavily with the finances and the banking and the, the dark side of all these uh, people involved in Israeli politics. Uh, what had happened was uh, in Oslo in 1993, uh, Shimon Perez and his people had made a deal to sell some of the holy sites in Israel to the Vatican. And this all went down in an unofficial agreement. Bill Clinton was a part of it and all that. And some of these rabbis had found out what happened and were furious about it. Uh, I think even the Tomb of David and some of the other locations on the, the Mount area that they had, uh, you know, accommodated and, and got a hold of themselves. You know, as you remember, after the uh, uh, the Yom Kippur War in, in that era in the West Bank. So uh, they were quite furious about it. And this was going to come up in the election situation. And per, uh Yitzhak Rabin had sided with these people who were furious with Shimon Perez at that time because of what he had done. So uh, he was uh, kind of in a touchy situation. And when he had gone to a speech of some sort, or he had walked out to his car in the evening, and this young fellow who was supposed to be a conservative, his name was Amir, uh, came out of the uh, out of the bushes or out of the dark somewhere and fired three shots. Uh, and supposedly hit uh, Yitzhak Rabid in the back, who hopped uh, with, a, with his back being shot through uh, pretty quickly into the car and drove off. And it took him about, oh, I don't know, eight to ten minutes to drive a quarter of a mile. And they finally arrived at the hospital, took uh, Yitzhak Rabin in, and then, of course, later on he died. And uh, Shimon Perez took over the government for that period of time. Now, there has always been questions, and Barry Shamish was one of those people who began to hear these questions about what really happened. And was this kid, Amir, really an assassin, or was he a setup? And there were people who said that he was firing blanks. This was all part of an exercise, but they had locked this kid up, and they said he, uh, he, uh, he was the assassin of Yitzhak Rabin. And that went through the you know the whole process for a long time. Barry, so let me looking- stop you real quick there, real quick here. Let me ask you something. So you're saying basically, Rabin being taken out, that Perez was probably behind it. Kind of, we may have been looking at another kind of a JFK moment there. Yes, exactly. And this okay. was one of the things he began to look at, along with a fellow by the name of Joel Bannon. They were both doing this uh, this investigation independently and didn't know each other. And they didn't even realize that they were coming upon the same conclusions that something was really wrong with this story. And uh, it took so long for the limousine to arrive. And then they, uh, you know, questions about the whole situation with uh, Rabin, how he could might have been revived or might have been kept alive in the hospital were another serious question. Well, as Barry Shamish was asking these, uh, investigating all this, and of course, Rabin uh, uh, Perez was uh, trained by the Jesuits, according to uh, Rabin's uh, wife, you know, he had his own designs. He's been a corrupt, he was a corrupt guy all along, actually. Well, there came, as he was, you know, as Barry was looking into this one day, there came a knock, knock, knock at the door, and he went over to the door and opened it up. And uh, there was no one there. Uh, there down below was a package, and there was no one there. 
well, this is kind of suspicious, but he opened up the package, and there in the package was the official autopsy report of Yitzhak Rabin, who was shot in the front, through the from the front. He wasn't shot mm-hmm. in the back. And right. it was, you know, so now uh, he had the actual autopsy report, and he said, this uh, Rabin was shot by Perez's men in that limousine is what actually happened. The kid was firing blanks the whole time. So right. this information fell into the hands of Bibi Netanyahu as the election right. came up. And early in the evening in 1996, to kind of sum up the story, uh, the Labor Party was way ahead. And they said, we're going to win this election. We will uh, we will be taking over the government by the morning. And uh, Netanyahu said, no, I'm going to win, though I'm far behind. By morning, I will be prime minister. Got it. And, Got it. and uh, in the middle of the night, something happened. You know, in other mm-hmm. words... Uh, Netanyahu, this information fell into the hands of Benjamin Netanyahu. Netanyahu, that's right. where, where he got it. He blackmailed the Labor Party that night. He was going to exactly. bring all this out. Okay, So that's how he got into power the first time. Now we're a long ways ahead because he's now on his third term. So when you ask the yeah. question, Steve, to kind of sum it up, how is it that he keeps coming back and yeah. how does he get back into power? And, well, he's got the blackmail on labor, but he's also the CIA, CFR contact to the U.S. and APAC, and that's important. So what you're, what you're essentially saying is that Benjamin Yahoo was, uh, was the LBJ to the Kennedy assassination with Rabin, pretty much. Well, actually, actually uh, he wasn't involved, but he had, the, he had the dirt on him. You know, he had the dirt yeah, on yeah. labor, and that's how he's been able to control the labor party all these years. Let's get this commercial break in, and let's come right back. This is a great discussion. Stay with us. You're listening to Republic Broadcasting Network. Real news, real talk, real people. Because you can handle the truth. My name is John. I'm the founder of Black Owl Coffee, and I started uh, Black Owl because I really love coffee. I've always loved coffee, and after traveling so much to Europe, South America, in trying so many different coffees that were so good and uh, every time I came back uh, to the U.S. I was so disappointed with the coffee so I figured that I had to do something about it. The biggest difference is really is on the beans and the roasting process, how we roast it and how fresh it is. The fresher the roast, the better the quality. Here I have like all, all of the coffee that's roasted within one to two days prior to being shipped. So it literally gets to consumers' house within three to five days after being roasted. If you like coffee, you have to try ours. It's fresh roasted. It's one of the best beans that we can get. And you will definitely see the difference. Visit blackoutcoffee.com and use the coupon code REPUB10. That's REPUB10. Standing six foot four, weighing in 245 pounds of crime-fighting, political science-analyzing brawn. Ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Patrick Slattery. So, Mike, get off this anti-cicada agenda. I'm a born-again traditional Christian, and my favorite possessions are right here on my nightstand. That would be the King James Bible and my 357 revolver. I'd rather be ruled by Chinamen than Jews. Cool it with the anti-Semitic remarks, right? Just because you steal an election and terminate the republic doesn't mean you terminate the people in the republic, because we're still here. I'm not taking the vaccine. you, Bill Gates. There was a way forward still on January 6th. What needed to be done is to object to every single state. The COVID-19 virus was the setup. The vaccine could very well be a bioweapon. 
The Patrick and Jeremy Show, Tuesday at 9 Central and Wednesday at 1 Central. Here's some interesting news. Due to all the recent claims about possible nuclear wars, viruses, solar flares, and civil unrest, people are scrambling to prepare and stockpile food. But the one thing out of reach for many is an underground bunker. Until now. Because you can now have a 3D printed underground bunker in just one day. An excavator digs a hole in your backyard and 3dbunkers.com shows up in a small truck and sets up their 3D printer under a tent completely undetected. They can print as many rooms as you want at a fraction of the cost compared to traditional metal bunkers. 3D Bunkers uses polymer concrete, which is five times stronger than regular cement. YouTube3dbunkers.com and watch the video. The creators of 3D Bunkers is looking for a business partner that can help bring this technology to the world. And we need to protect our way of life without living in fear. Contact Brad at 3dbunkers.com for more details or visit 3dbunkers.com. We are in quite a mess here, Steve. We are in quite a mess. I'm just sitting here thinking about putting more pieces of this puzzle together here. Uh, let me ask you a question here. Israeli hardliners, deep state, or are we looking at Zionists that are, that are controlling Israel right now? Well, you know, uh, what you have here is, a, is basically a lot like the deep state, and it actually is the deep state, but it's, it's an international deep state right now. And the very same people who are basically running Israel have been the very same people running the United States, the Federal Reserve, the, uh, uh, a lot of these other uh, occultic organizations and cabals, all the way from mafioso, you know, down to the mom-and-pop theft stores and stuff like that. Who knows? But, I mean, you know, uh, Shabbat Tzvi and the labor Zionism, uh, all about the Holocaust. Barry Shamash uh, writes about that. And, of course, the assassination of Yitzhak Rabin, uh, the last days of Israel. So, I mean, we've had him on the network here. He talked to us a little while ago. He passed away in Florida. I guess it was about six or seven years ago, and people were questioning this because uh, he was uh, a very prominent person who was running from Shabbat and Mossad at that time who were trying to stop him because it is the same people, essentially. I mean, these people will sell out their own Jewish friends and brethren for a nickel, friends. That's right. why you have the Bernie Madoffs. You have the uh, George Soros's, the Zelensky's, the uh, Larry Fink's. I mean, these are the kinds of people who have their own club going on there. And there is a fight between some of those people. Who, well, let's put it this way. Some that are a little bit less corrupt, uh, but uh, can be relied upon in dangerous situations such as B.B. Netanyahu, and that's why he keeps coming back, because uh, when something has to happen or there's a dangerous situation, he appears again, it seems like, and after uh, three times as prime minister, now we have this, if that kind of answers it and sums it all up, Steve. Yeah. Well, today, Rush Limbaugh, they actually started pulling some old clips out, and of course, pulling out the, uh, the chlamydia clips, demonizing uh, Iran off the bat, saying they're behind this, Hezbollah is behind this. And using Hamas as a proxy to take out Israel, and of course they're they're just 
saying these things, but they've never offered any kind of evidence to prove their fact, just to be their, their fact. But I started thinking about their Rush Limbaugh clip they played today saying, we must stand with Israel, our good allies Israel. And they're playing that one uh, quite a bit over and over again in the mainstream media. And the Forgotten Jews commercial is really getting a lot of prime time right now. That, that commercial, like, why are they, why did they forget these Jews and these, uh, these um, well, I guess maybe Russian Jews or whatever, but uh, they were definitely the commercials being spun quite a bit more than it had been in the past. And then Ted Cruz today basically, again, saying Iran is guilty. They are, you know, they're using their uh, entity of Hezbollah to as a proxy, uh, Hamas as a proxy for Hezbollah, to take out uh, Israel. And uh, and then I, what I see now basically coming, and all the steps that are coming in place right now is that I see our Department of Defense budget to go up as if more money is going to solve a problem. It never does. We're near a billion dollars already per year. We're going to increase our surveillance. Uh, the U.S. will increase more surveillance. We're going to have more of our rights and our freedoms removed. And we're probably going to see the Patriot, Patriot Act and our Homeland Security 3.0. Uh, I mean, all these things here that uh, come out of using fear that uh, after Israel is gone, wiped off the map, they will come for Americans also. Uh, then question to you is, where do we stand with this? Well, the politicians really are, right now are still kind of stunned, I think, what's happened. But the aid, to, the aid to Ukraine, this has got to stop, and it shouldn't take this incident here to stop the, the Ukrainian money. It should stop long ago. But um, will we continue to con- funding Ukraine with uh, fighting Russia? Will we start now? You you know, sing over aid to Israel to uh, to fight uh, Hamas and Hez- Hezbollah. Are we going to start doing that now? Are we yeah. going to engage? Are we going to use our own military now? Because you know, we've actually said this in our foreign policy. We will defend Israel. We will defend Israel in all counts, which means our money, our weaponry, our people, our, our, our soldiers. And, uh, you know, we. I looked at this today in the text I shared with my friends today. It all looks like, boy, we are pointing into World War Three, going into World War Three. We got China as an enemy. We have North Korea as an enemy. We have Russia as an enemy. We have uh, uh, Hamas and Hezbollah enemies. We have so many enemies here, and um, this also might be a, a great diversion to uh, basically stop the, the elections in 2024 also. I think there's a good possibility. This will escalate, and we probably will not have an election. Yeah, it's uh, You know, I think it's uh, going to happen even b- before that, Steve, because, you know, here the, here the situation is we already have uh, the uh, sixth a fleet which is stationed out of the in the Middle East uh, in Cyprus and right. various locations. We have one of our aircraft carriers uh, closing in on the uh, west coast of that area right now. We're going to have a lot of our jet support and a lot of the, our military. Now, remember, this has happened before with the USS Liberty. That really wasn't an attack force. It was a listening intelligence ship that was attacked by the Israelis uh, under command from the U.S. uh, and from Johnson and McNamara and uh, actually Admiral um, John McCain, the uh, senator's father, who who put that ship in harm's way. And they were going to sink that ship and blame it on the Egyptians to escalate the war into Egypt. But oddly enough, I think it was a Russian trawler that got in the way and a few other people. Some of the Israeli pilots we're saying, why are we firing on an American ship? And they were told, you have your orders. 
You know, they right. knew it was an American ship. Had they not pulled up, they would have probably sunk the Liberty. And we've had Phil Turney on, you know, who was one of the survivors and other people that we've talked to in the past about why the United States was going to risk one of its own ships to escalate this war, possibly even World War III. They were th thinking about using nuclear weapons at that time against Egypt. That's how bad it was. That goes back to the Six-Day War, as you know. But uh, right. kind of bringing us up to date, you know, um, well, they blame Iran for all of this. And, and to some extent, they are to blame for what happened in the beginning with with Hezbollah. And, and Soleimani was one of the people who actually was moving a lot of those very, very uh, new and modern missile weapons into uh, the uh, northern border, southern uh, northern border of Israel, southern border of Lebanon, in that area where they are dug in. And from what Barry Shamash was telling me before he passed away, he said they have upwards of about 40,000 very advanced uh, missile weapons in the uh, in the area with Hezbollah right now, which is the real problem. See, it's not Gaza, friends. It's not Gaza. It's Hezbollah. It has been all along. I was uh, pointing this out on the show this morning. Uh, because these are very, very high-tech weapons that Barry, now he was involved with the IDF's missile defense, so he knows a lot about these missiles, and he was saying they can essentially level the big cities in Israel in about one hour with the missile power yeah. they have there. So this is yeah. the real problem, has been all along. Now, can you blame Iran? I don't think Iran, uh, I think Iran was initially uh, for this, but look what happened to Damascus. On the way On the way over there, they ran into a lot of trouble. Soleimani kept wanting to push this further. I think he was a loose cannon. Even the mullahs in Iran did not back this guy and were concerned about him. I don't even think they were supporting him toward the end. But they did manage to get a lot of very high-tech weaponry into that uh, southern Lebanon northern border northern israel border area they are dug in this is not gaza a city this is a uh, formidable frontier out there where these people are very heavily armed and i think this is really where the target has been all along steve yeah yeah you know i was, I was just thinking here and making some extra notes here with the, what we just experienced with the removal of uh speaker of the house kevin mccarthy here we're, we're in a jam here they don't have another speaker lined up yet. They're going to have to go through the whole interview process. And uh, it's, it's quite detailed to pick a Speaker of the House. Now we're in this situation here. It looks like we're being dragged into to a conflict to uh, support Israel, to uh, to help them out, whether it's just monetarily or we're talking about soldiers. And it sounds like we're doing some soldiers because they got um, aircraft carriers there and some destroyers out there. But now we have, we, we have an incomplete Congress now. See, we have an incomplete Congress so this gives Joe Biden even more power to basically declare a war because we don't have a house right now. Yeah, the whole uh, extra amount of money, I don't know how much it was on top of the $140 billion that they finally decided on. They've already given to the Ukraine war, which was wasted. You know, now how much are they going to have to come up with to try to support this effort over there? Uh, I have no idea. I mean, it's out of control. Like you said, there is no Speaker of the House. or They caught us at a time when we can't really make decisions once again, right. where somebody would say, right. okay, you know, this much and so much, or let's push for this negotiation to get it right. straightened out before this gets worse. Um, right. I don't know how how they're going to eradicate this 
real threat. And, you know, even to a large extent, just to give you an example, back when the uh, uh, the shelling of Gaza took place, I can't remember how much how, what year it was not too long ago. Uh, there were, uh, you know, the uh, people of Hezbollah did not really respond at all the last time Gaza was was shelled. They didn't do anything, hardly, except there was uh, at one point there was a talk about a, uh, a another uh, what you might call escalation in that warfare. And there was one missile fired from the, the vicinity of where uh, Hezbollah was. And immediately Israel started talking peace. OK, yeah. so they that from that point, you know, that was about all they've actually done on the political scale at this point was. So they 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 don't care about uh, Palestinians. I want to tell you straight out most of yeah. these nations over there don't give a damn. Lebanon killed 15,000 Palestinians and you in turn the other way. Uh, the only nation that's really helped the Palestinians is probably Jordan. The Saudis don't like them. Egypt does. Yeah. Egypt doesn't want them. Uh, you know, a lot of these nations in that vicinity aren't really interested in helping the Palestinians at all. But uh, I, I'll get back to the point that I guess that you're right. We don't have here. We are again in a, you know yeah. kind of a stalwart uh, uh, block jam where we don't know where we're going to go with all this at the moment. And yet it's escalating uh, all over. Yeah. yeah, that puts us in a tight spot. Like I said, uh, the timing of that is it's all it's all too perfect. It's all too perfect to make sure that the Congress is not in session. Uh, the House is uh, is in disarray right now, not having a speaker. But right. you know, again today, the, the the frequent talk I heard today on the mainstream media was the talk again of a nuclear bomb in the hands of Hamas with ties uh, to Hezbollah in Iran. Uh, Hamas being a proxy for the the Iranian terrorist group Hezbollah, or actually their government. But uh, again, they're throwing the fear around quite a bit here. And what I did here, I did not. Uh, today was very different. I didn't, you know, didn't think this was coming. But they were talking about the reason it actually happened was the attack on Israel was because to break up the Israeli-Saudi peace deal that was uh, going to be signed here soon, and they they couldn't have that. So yes. um, again, we are we are we're being pulled away militarily. Look at me. Look at all we've wasted. Our, our strategic oil reserves are very low. Our military supplies are very low. We've got uh, China that's looking to move in on Taiwan uh, and looking for that prime moment. I mean, I mean, we are really a sitting duck in so many areas, Steve, uh, because we have taxed ourselves and we don't have enough left in the tank. Right. Uh, you know, and then we got North Korea here now amends their constitution on a nuclear policy, uh, citing that the U.S. is a prov- uh, provocateur nation. Um, and that's true. That's actually a true statement. But uh, now we have North Korea, and you have China moving on Taiwan. You've got Russia and Ukraine. Um, we got Africa. We we got so many fires out there, Steve. Right. So mm-hmm. many fires, and we don't have enough firemen. Um, this is this is a really bad situation. Like I said, the timing of it to hit us or drag us in to a time where we don't even have a speaker of the house. Yeah. So we have no decision making. It's based, it'll be based on one person's view, and uh, which pretty much makes uh, Biden, uh, uh, you know, a king, king for the day or king for whatever. Yeah. But he can make those decisions on his his own behalf, and there's nobody who can contest. Nobody can say anything because we don't have a house. Hey, we got John in Colorado hanging to to chime in. Let's take take his call. Okay. John, you there? Yeah, hi, Steve. Hi, Ron. Yeah, I didn't know. I heard you taking calls, and Julie said they weren't. Anyway, thanks a lot for taking it. Um, 
really quick, if you got just a minute, I've been just worrying on, I told you way back, I, I had a heart condition back last Christmas. And I was reading up a lot of stuff, and it came what I figured later on. I think I had one shot, COVID shot, the Johnson & Johnson. And okay. I think what, I think that's what brought this on, okay. the spike protein and that kind of stuff. So Very well, anyway, I'm back, back yeah. in the man, things are back. But I think that's what happened. There are many things but, you know, be, anyway. to be honest with you, To be honest with you, we, we haven't seen a lot of J&J complications because that was only one shot. Um. Pfizer, Moderna, and the others, uh, a, a lot more adverse events, but not, not a whole lot with the uh, J&J, because actually, if you look back, J&J was, uh, was a very short, limited uh, time on the market. It was taken off pretty fast for, um, I'm trying to remember what it was that they said, uh, some altercation, but I didn't even see a whole lot of it. We didn't hear about a lot of it, but uh, evidently, I think they were actually squeezed out by Moderna and Pfizer most most likely. It was something fabricated. It was one of those corporate sabotage deals, so we need to get them out of the market so we can you know, keep the profits for ourselves. I think they were pretty much pushed out, not so much. Well, anyway, yeah, yeah, Steve, I, yeah. think, I think, like I said, I didn't get a, I didn't get coroner any serious attacks, or, but I got this, you know, heart failure thing. But I, reading some behind the scenes, I think that may have led to some of it. But anyway, I just wanted to let yeah. you know that. Getting back into your topic with Israel and that, I've been listening to all yeah. this, and uh, yeah. yeah, it. Somebody called a false flag. Yeah, how can they get three thousand missiles in there without Israel yeah. finding out about this or that? I think, right. I think Israel's using that, particularly Netanyahu, to try to protect himself because he's still. They're trying to get him out, and that's where they're trying to. He's trying trying to get the laws changed to get the Supreme Court with very yeah. little power to go after him and stuff like yeah. that. But, um, well, I think he dodged a lot of trouble, his corruption. He should have been canned a long time ago with all his corruption deals. But uh, I, think, I think the hardliners or the deep state of Israel look at, look at, looks at Benjamin Netanyahu as being the man they can rely on, the warmonger who can actually you know, penetrate Gaza, go into Palestine, and take more land. Like I said before, it's, it's easier to steal land. It's easy to steal land during a conflict or a war than it is through peace. So something has to happen. So basically what we just saw today, or a couple of days ago, is the equivalent of uh, 9-11. It was staged. It was allowed to happen. Carry on. Don't do anything. Let it, let it take off. Now we'll act, and now we can play victim, and now we can extort money from whoever country you want. But I think it's, uh, it's essentially the same thing as the PNEC document, whether it's on paper or not. This was all planned out. It, uh, it was choreographed coordinated and ready to go and now they're going to play their hands okay. so we'll see what happens like it's said, you know false flag and what are they going to do you want, you want to stay on line yeah, you want to stay on line drag us in i'll stay on thank you <laughs> yeah okay Are you sick of censorship? TLB Talk is the cure. TLB stands for truth, liberty, and balance. We are the newest and most unique social media platform to hit the internet. We were built out of necessity because Big Tech, Big Pharma, and Big Brother are out of control. The only thing bigger than them is when we the people are united. With that vision, TLB Talk was born. 
Our battlefield is in cyberspace. The battle we're in can be won by clicks of buttons and voting with your wallet. TLB Talk has no hidden agendas, no corporate funding, and we do not sell, trade, or give away any of your information. Our platform runs off of generous donations of members and merchandise profits. So please, check out our site. It's the best around. And be sure to stop by our store. It's loaded with items that'll have you feeling a sense of member pride and victory. Come unite with us today at TLBtalk.com and join the social media revolution. Do you or someone you know suffer from chest pain, blood pressure, cholesterol, or irregular heartbeat? Are you looking for a more natural solution to overcome these health challenges? You hear the ads all the time. If this stuff's so good, why doesn't my doctor prescribe it? That's easy. Doctors are not trained in natural medicine. Extendivite Heart Tonic does want you to be as healthy as you can be. And it really works. Take Extendivite for six months and your doctor will say, I don't know what you're doing, but don't stop. It's working for you. Get the dependability of Extendivite. Just see how you feel in six months. A two-month supply of either capsules or liquid is only $69.95 plus shipping and handling. Call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822. Or visit heartdrop.com. Extend your life with Extend Overnight. Are you one of the millions of people who feel like there is a dark cloud hanging over their heads whenever they're using pharmaceutical drugs? For some, the short-term relief can turn into an opioid addiction nightmare. Have you ever wondered why CBD oil is a billion-dollar industry? It's because it works better than opioids and is actually healthy for you. However, CBD oil is stripped of all other helpful compounds found in the hemp plant. According to neuroscientists, the whole hemp plant, otherwise known as hemp paste, is even more effective than the chemically processed CBD oil. Are you ready to take back your health? You can try hemp paste for the price of a cup of coffee. Hemppaste.com slash RBN. Free shipping on orders over $50. See the banners for Hemp Paste at republicbroadcasting.org and visit hemppaste.com slash RBN. And we are back. Three stars, Steve Elkin, National Intel Reporter. I think we still got a caller on the line. We still have him, Steve? Yeah, I think we do. So let's go back to that. You know, I was just looking, remember, yeah, that that was uh, actually, uh, remember Israel was forced to take that vaccine. Uh, so that was one of the big problems. And the Palestinians weren't fully vaccinated, which is kind of strange as well. So, again, once we uh, look at what's happening with the people of Israel being run by this, they're being compromised as well by the same government. Uh, just let you get on with your talk, though. Go ahead. Yeah, let's uh, you know, get a call a false flag, whatever it's um the, uh, it, sure does look, it sure does look that way <clears throat> to me. Just to... Uh, and then, like I said, and then go after the, the 
Palestinians or Hamas and all that and whatever, just full tilt. And then will they try to drag the United States in too? That's interesting. You know, like I said, we're 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 low on all kinds of stuff to survive on our own thing, military wise. What are they going to do with that? But um, it's um, yeah. Wait and see. Now there there's been talk for years, last few years about a possible um, excuse me civil war going on in Israel. Where they're talking about Israel against Israel, not just Palestinians or Hamas and that, but even people in Israel against each other and against the hardliners and all that. That was an interesting thing. Thought this coming up. Well, maybe that's the start of this too, but um, we'll see. Gonna, yeah. Well, I, I we'll do believe Steve we're we're stretched pretty thin. We're stretched pretty thin. Right the last thing was interesting. You talked about you know the thing with the the the, um, the COVID and that Israel again yeah, all the requirements they have on them. That, what's that going to do to the populace there? So anyway, okay, guys. Well, thanks a lot for the time. Have a good night. You got it. You got it. You got it. You know who I'd like to hear from today would be uh, Harley Schlanger on this this topic here, Steve. I'd like to hear what Harley has to say. Uh, you know, maybe have some better intel than we can get our hands on. Right now, there's a there's a major campaign going on of, of course, pointing a finger already of blame without actually showing any proof. It's Iran. It's Iran. It's Iran. We know it's them, and everybody seems to get on that bandwagon of it's Iran. Uh, not to say that they're not involved in this in some way, but I, I I'm a man of proof. I like to see the concrete evidence and the proof before I actually point a finger at anybody. But um, Again, uh, going back to Biden, unfreezing $6 billion and giving it back to Iran, which was their money, was frozen. Um, they're, they're simply highlighting on that. The Democrats and a lot of people in the media are, are highlighting this money that was given back. And it's not aid. It was given back to Iran that this must have been fallen in the hands of the, the rebels themselves and now being used against, against Israel. And we're, we're getting drawn in. We're getting drawn in. Like I said, I, I worry now that we don't have a complete... Congress of uh, one man deciding for himself what we're going to do and uh, taking this country to war. This right. would uh, this would be um, very shocking, uh, but uh, I don't count it out because uh, Joe Biden is, isn't quite all there anyway. Right. Hey, we got Charlie. All right, second hour coming up. Yeah. Yeah. Got second Charlie hour coming up off the beaten path. Uh, we got to get your calls tonight in. It's five one two two four eight eight five two. Yeah, Rob James is with us, too, hanging on. So, Charlie, Rob, oh, we'll get you guys after the break. Sound good? Sounds great. Sounds great. Tom Bolton for Ease Off. I know so many of you are finding our EZ4 Carcass Drop and Lift an essential tool for your meat processing operation, but today I want to spotlight four of our new products. 
First are right height hog cradles with steel or aluminum frames. Our customers love this back-saving innovation that enhances sanitation and speeds production. Next are beef cradles with stainless steel or aluminum frames eliminate rust and corrosion. We hope you'll compare our quality and prices for this essential part of your processing line. Our cradles are especially effective when used with our power skinner. And finally, our hook tumbler will keep your hooks clean and polished. Easeoff.com. We make pigs fly. Cows, too. Easeoff, LLC, 417-932-6419. This is RBN, the Republic Broadcasting Network. 